All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Your Favorite Records. I am Anders Nyberg, and this week I'm here with my roommate Nick Willems, and we'll be talking about his favorite record, which is uh, Sturgill Simpson's album A Sailor's Guide to Earth, which came out in 2016. Um, it's it's his first record on... What is his record label on this? Um, High Top Mountain? Oh, no, it is. I think I think it's 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 Atlantic. I think so. Yeah, he switched over. So he got he transitioned to a major record label, and it really shows. Um, Nick, what what do you what do you have to say about just this album, just in general, before we get more into the episode? Um, I'd say this album was kind of Sturgill finally finding his groove and like his sound. I feel like. When the first High Top Mountain album came out in 2013, it was more of the straightforward country. A lot of people thought he was going to be the new Waylon Jennings or whatever. You could tell Sturgill, Sturgill himself didn't really like that label. So with his next record, uh, went a little more psychedelic with Turtles All the Way Down. And finally, when it came to this album, he finally had the budget ready to go. Uh, he said, I believe in a interview he said this is where he finally found that he could represent himself the best and came out with a hell of an album that's interesting um that idea of you know being the next Waylon Jennings is such it's such a terrible thing to say to an artist (laughs) it's like like you you don't have any individual value you're just a regeneration of another artist and I can see that being super limiting like creativity wise that's it uh so yeah, so after that High Top Mountain, which, well, bef- let's go before that, he was in another band, wasn't he? Oh, yes, and early, like, 2010s, I believe, is when he was with his band Sunday Valley, and I was actually kind of a fan when they came out. Their sound isn't as, like, polished as, like, Sturgill has progressed the sound, but, like, he was the lead man in the band. He wrote most of the songs, and you can find MP3 tracks around the internet they don't really have them on spotify or anything but they are definitely worth listening to to see his progression as like an artist and yeah so that was was that more like mainstream country-ish or uh yeah it was basically i mean it was still like indie country like on the outskirts not as poppy as like what nashville sound has become Mm -hmm. but it's it it is a more like straight up country Interesting. And then, so he did that, and then he became Sturgill Simpson, just solo. Well, I guess he has a big band, but it's his band. And then he did High Top Mountain, you said? Yep. Uh, what, 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 what was, like, the signature sound of that album, High Top Mountain? Uh, I'd say it was more sort of outlaw-sounding country, more like 60s, 70s-ish, a big... Uh, like Merle Haggard inspirations, more um, Kentucky sounds. Mm-hmm. And he's from Kentucky? Yeah, exactly. From Kentucky. So the, the Kentucky sounds in country, what exactly does that constitute? Um, it's just like, just singing about home or is there like, is there like sort of like a niche uh, sound within country music that is uh, Kentucky? Uh, I'm not for sure on the exact sound but like it's usually more about like tales of like people's lives and like 
a lot of poverty around that and yeah is merle from kentucky was merle from kentucky uh, merle was bakersfield oh okay yeah yeah that's interesting uh and then so then after that uh he released um turtles all the way down yep. 2014 right yep right after uh high top the year after i yeah 2013 wow. was high top oh and then wasn't this no this was 2016 yeah this was uh, but yeah, so high, uh, Turtles All the Way Down, that was the first album I heard of them. And it's a lot more, oh, it's just so cool. It's like, it, it's got, it's definitely still in the framework of Outlaw, I think, would you say? Oh yeah, definitely. But it's got some like psychedelic aspects to it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, he throws in those jam sessions on the back of songs, he puts in like reverse guitar grooves he plays a lot with like his voice sound rather than just the straight up country like it's like country on like acid or <laughs> a little psychedelic yeah and that's kind of represented in the album cover too it's pretty pretty oh, cool yeah. it has a great album cover and th that does that album have like a theme about it um i don't know i i feel like I listened to it recently, but I wasn't really thinking about that. Um, I think it has a theme about like, uh, about kind of like he talks about love in it from like uh, like a personal thing, like which kind of carries on to this album quite a bit. But he talks a lot about like drugs on the opening song, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a little more free flowing. I feel like. Then this record, I would say uh, Sailor's Guide is a little more of a concept album, more so. Definitely. Uh, and then I guess we can get start to get into sort of an overview of Sailor's Guide to Earth. Um, yeah, so it's a super, like, orchestral, cinematic almost, I'd say. Uh, what, what, do you, what would you say are, like, the overriding, like, themes of this record? Uh, I'd say the themes, like, he had a plan for, like, a five-album plan for different, um, stories, I guess, and different themes. Uh, I forget particularly what the main one he said is this, but it's basically a story to his firstborn son, uh, and, like, a guide, uh, like, a brief guide to life, and he teaches him some values through songs and just how to navigate the world on the seas of life, I guess. Mm -hmm. That that makes sense. You can definitely hear that in it. In the Sailor's Guide to Earth, um, there's also, I mean, album cover, uh, just and then just themes throughout. You can see that, like the name of the album, Sailor's Guide to Earth. There's a lot of like nautical themes oh, throughout, yeah, definitely. which is really cool. Um, do you know why? Like, he was in the Navy, wasn't he? Yeah. Was that why? Is that... I believe that probably is, because he does reference the Navy a lot on this record and his time there. Um, yeah, there's always playing, like, Sounds of Seagulls It's in the background, like, shanty music, like, you're kind of, like, on the boat with him, sort of, and does really give, like, a movie atmosphere. That is interesting. Does the do you know if the nautical themes have like 
like an intersection with sort of the theme of talking to his child is that are they like tied together somehow or is it just like those are the two things that he wanted uh i'm not sure i think i think it just goes well with like his experience in the navy and then Mm -hmm. maybe just using it as like a vessel for like sailing through life i guess oh that that's kind of what i took from it but yeah that makes sense um what else? Oh, uh, when, 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 when did you first listen to this album? And like, how has this album like become important for you in your life? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I'd say this album just really takes me back to like college. Um, it came out or was announced at the end of my freshman year of college. I believe the album came out right at the end, like April or so. And I just like, was so hyped for it coming out because got super into Sturgill and I was like, oh my God, this guy is like making music that like I, I feel like I connect to a lot. Like I didn't really hear much stuff on like other country, but I, it kind of transcends that really itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I would, this mu- or this album just means so much to me because like I would listen to it like nonstop. Uh, it became like an album I would play like sometimes before bed, <laughs> like because some of the some of the songs are more like spacey, dreamy ish, mm-hmm. and it was just like oh man, it was definitely one of my favorite albums of that year, and probably kind of represents the decade for me like as a top album for me personally. That's interesting, and. Uh... You, throughout your life, you've really liked sort of the outlaw and just like the old, old country music. Oh, yeah. And the, I, I could see why this type of stuff with Sturgill would resonate with you in that way. That's interesting. Yeah, he kind of, he like takes what was built on before and just kind of takes it in a new direction. Like, I love Merle Haggard, Waylon, Willie. David Allen Coe, all those guys, but the way he takes the sound is just I'm it's I'm happy to see. I'm glad he just hasn't stayed in that one field and I love how he likes to switch genres or whatever he feels like doing. That's cool. Um yeah, I guess we could start going into, you know, unless you have anything more to say, we could go into sort of a more song by song uh look into the album. Um and it's definitely the way that we're doing this show and how we're doing this song by song analysis, I think for this album will be pretty important because it's such a concept album, it seems. Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, could just go into the first song. Yeah. A Welcome to Welcome Earth. Welcome to Earth. Paul Pollywog. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Pollywog is a navy term. I think it's something where you travel over the one of the equators or something it's like a frog tadpole thing i think it's uh they do like a tradition when you cross like the equator or something and they call it a polywog yeah that's interesting because i think you're just getting your sea legs for the first time so it's like the first time you cross it you're i don't know (laughs) okay i've heard that but i'm i don't know much with the navy yeah, I like how, you know, 
I mean, he he is very poetic in a, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, you really know what he's getting at at the same time. The beginning of the album, Hello, My Son, Welcome to Earth. Um, it's, it's like the whole album is, you know, directed. It's like a love letter to his son, giving him advice, stuff like that. Yep, exactly. It's right off the gate. Hits you with that nice... Uh, soothing like you hear some atmospheric noises and then that piano comes in and it just sucks you in from the start yeah i love that piano intro it's so cool and it's like hearing that you're like that is this like the album could go anywhere from here (laughs) exactly yeah and it definitely goes many places so um it comes in with hello my son welcome to earth you may not be my last, but you'll always be my first. So I believe, well, obviously this is his first kid. I think he has four total now. Wow. So I don't know if he wrote this a while ago or if all his kids have come recently. It's either three or four kids. Okay. But definitely about his first, mm-hmm. as the lyrics say. Um, Wish I'd done this ten years ago. Uh, do you know, he's just, I mean, he's just, is he just saying like, he wishes he became a father 10 years ago? Like, or I don't know, like, um, yeah, you could take it as maybe he wish he did this album earlier. Maybe he wish he started music 10 years ago, but I, I think it's about his son and maybe we don't understand as much because we haven't had children. So he probably didn't realize how much impact that'd have on his life. So mm-hmm. maybe he was like, oh, wow, I really enjoyed having a kid. I should have done this a lot earlier. Yeah. This song is just so emotional. Uh, so it goes on to say, like, um, I've been told you measure man by how much he loves. Is that? Oh, this is this is an interesting part because it's still like going, you know, look, giving advice to his child. And then it's they say, um, grandfather always said that God's a fisherman. Oh, yes. That is the biggest question on the album, I believe. I, st- I haven't looked it up, but like I, I'm trying to think, like, what does that mean as God being a fisherman? Are we the fish? Or... <laughs> well, I know that they, there was the whole thing with Jesus and fit being fishermen. Because it was like the disciples uh, uh, were like, they were, a lot of them were like, I think they were fishermen. And then Jesus was like, All, now you'll be like a fisher of men or something like that. Mm. Um, what is this? Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I find it really interesting too how he brings up religion too. Because he has it within his songs. But sometimes he's even critical of religion, like pretty sure in Turtles all the way down uh, in that album, he says like the pain caused by some old man in the sky. So I don't know if he he seems like a religious man, but I, I think he's has a more like modern take on it or something mm-hmm. like he's not like a diehard, but he'll use those themes in his. He definitely seems to be a skeptic of a lot of things, you know, like he's not going to. He's not, he's critical of pretty much everything, which is good, I think. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then that first section of the, that song, it just is the slow piano. 
slowly build building up building up and building up and then he says he knows the reason why and then boom the whole song just oh yeah goes off from there <laughs> oh my god there's it, I, I don't know how he made this album or like like how much of it he was he was doing but like it's insane like how many instruments are on this album yeah like on this song it's a i'm, I'm looking online and it says there's like a flugelhorn a trumpet horns slide guitar electric guitar organ electric oh, wow. piano steel guitar 12 string guitar acoustic guitar berry sax alto sax trombone tenor sax drums piano violin bass oh my cello like it's insane but usually honestly when i hear stuff like that on albums i'm like this is cool but like too much <laughs> it, it can be too much but yeah. i i think that he does it really well somehow like you can because sometimes i get distracted by the instruments and you can't really you know you can't really hear the vocals you don't pay as much attention to the lyrics but he you definitely he does it he the mixing and is really good you can really still hear the vocals really well exactly and it's just like the addition of horns and like the strings into this album like really made it sound a lot like more groovier and it's just like i felt like it evolute uh evil Ele elevated <laughs> elevated the whole record because it's out it's throughout the whole thing and like you'll even hear like the electric guitar in places but yeah when that horn section comes on it 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 bops for sure yeah and then uh Lyrically wise, it goes back to like looking at his child, his child and saying like, you know, like I'll be going, I think he's saying like, I'm going to be gone, you know, going on tour and stuff like that. But it still means I love you. I still love you and everything. Like I could see that being a hard lifestyle to be a parent. Oh, know? definitely. Like, yeah, the last line, like seeing how much you've grown on your own because he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Damn. that's got to be rough, but. He's got to pay the bills and says he gets uh, sad and it's like the greatest love he's ever known, which is crazy. Like, yeah, having a kid just is probably why he made this record and it just overwhelmed his emotion. Yeah, it's really cool to see like this vulnerability. Like, I, I'm not like as well versed in country music as you are, but especially in modern country music, you really don't see much vulnerability like especially with male country singers they they i feel like a lot of times they try to put on this persona of being really tough you know oh yeah definitely and like this like it, it's really great to see like, yeah sturgill's not afraid of going away from the standard script <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't i i don't think he mentions a pickup truck once <laughs> or yeah yeah, what else? What are the other or generic right? girl? Yeah, your eyes. Like <laughs> what color eyes? <laughs> yeah, like keep it generic so everyone can relate. Yeah, but you gotta like that he pours himself into his work, and it, it really is art. Like yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think that when you do get more specific, it becomes more relatable, because you know you see start to see the true like emotions behind it. Um, the next song, Breaker's Roar. Um, hmm. This one's good as well. Oh, yeah. I love Breaker's Roar. I think this one even goes even kind of more introspective and sort of takes on like a view of like 
what like the mind is doing sort of what do you mean by that like he says he kind of frames it as like a headspace and thoughts um and a dream like uh like the breakers oh how the breakers roar keep pulling me farther from shore thoughts turn to a love so kind just to keep me from losing my mind i take it as like maybe he's like in in his own head and like thinking and like he has like uh, like bad thoughts and they they're pulling him away from like what he wants to accomplish and who he thinks he is and then he has to remind himself with like loving thoughts so he doesn't lose his mind and like their deep dark seas and that's and then the whole idea of the breakers roaring on top of that is really that is interesting because uh, it's like you know the like basically like probably like a a scary storm or something right like big yeah. big waves deep dark seas um like that's interesting imagery for that like mental thought frame yeah. and if you take it as still on the sail the sailboat or the sailor's guide it's like there'll be rough waters and like you gotta think like smart and he's trying to tell his son like oh you might get drowned in your dreams, but, like, you have to, like, know where to go and keep moving and healing. And, like, again, t talking about how, like, love is a theme, he's like, if you open up your heart, you'll find love all around, and, like, that will help you, like, keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and th this one, like, kind of slows it down a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a... It's, it kind of like goes back to like the early piano thing, but it more just the string instruments. And it's like, yeah, it really takes it back to Earth from like the bombastic uh, horn section from Welcome to Earth. Yeah. A lot, honestly, just like, just pulling up the lyrics and looking at it, it's like really beautiful. Yeah, it flows really well. And then he says like, life is a dream. And I know there's like, like religions and stuff that like say like there's a something called like the toltec tribe or whatever and they believed like our lives are a dream and like our it's like heaven so like we can do what we want like in real life and maybe he's like correlating something like that like we kind of like are living in a dream and like you can make stuff happen here you don't just have to like hope for something to happen yeah that's interesting. And then the outro is pretty cool. Yeah, he is always he's repeating that like like it's almost like it's like a mantra or something. It's all a dream. Yeah. Bone breaks and heals, but heartaches can kill from the inside. Like see your mental state, it could be really bad and it could kill you from the out or inside. But if you like realize that love is there, like it could save you. And he's trying to like well, from what I take, he's, like, trying to say it is all a dream, like, maybe the dream in your head versus, like, the reality, like, like, don't focus on that too much, like, focus on the stuff you love and keep going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, should we move on to the next one? Sure. Yeah, that's Keep it between the lines. If we're talking about slow jams, this one, this one goes up, this one goes pretty hard. <laughs> This, oh definitely this is probably the most do you think this is actually it's hard to say but i think it might be one of them it's at least one of the more intense songs in the album um this one is also 
you know, advice to his kid. Yeah, um, keeping on with the theme. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seems to, like... It, it's interesting how he, like, reflects it back on his life, too. Don't get busted selling at 17, I guess. I, I guess he, like, sold weed to, like, a lot of people and, like, when he was uh, growing up. Um, and he's like, yeah, don't, don't do what I do. That's basically this whole yeah, song. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like a lyric, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. He's like, uh, don't do these things because I've done them and I've learned from them and that's not what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you want to keep it between the lines. And then, uh, this, this song, I also like how, well, it's like a good transition from, um, from Breaker's Roar, mm-hmm. like this whole album has great transitions, but um, this one he rolls in with that uh, super like low sounding uh, saxophone like like beat in the background. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The the saxophone is so cool, especially especially on this album. The I think it's mainly the Barry sax that you hear, and ah. it's it's like a little bit lower, and it's like so cool. It just sounds awesome. And there's also a sick guitar solo. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this one, it like, it keeps more, um, like, on pace with, like, direct, like, oh, don't sell, keep, don't be, don't do hard drugs, stay in between the lines, go to school. Like, it's more like, um, like, flat out, like, oh, this, I'm telling you these lessons. It's not as, like, thought-provoking as like the other ones but like they just work so well like yeah and you in in with the the straightforwardness of this song you can really see a lot of his sense of humor as well it's just like just the way that he says things is just like so funny he's got to be like a pretty funny dude oh definitely um and and the instrumentation is really cool it's like i wouldn't say it's bluesy but it's got a lot of blues elements to it uh but it's a lot more like it's just unique. I don't even really know how to describe it. Because this whole album, you know, you wouldn't... If you just heard the instrumenta- instrumentals of this album, you wouldn't think it would be country music at all. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it, you listen to it, and it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, these songs, like, I feel like they work so much better within the confines of the whole album. Because since it is a concept album, it's like the sounds transitioning to each song. You're just like, uh like what is like how's it gonna evolve now yeah exactly um there's one song in this album i'm not sure if it's this one i think it might be but there's one song that i really love the intro it like the beginning part is like uh like it's like a bell it's like oh yes is that this song that's i believe the beginning of sea stories oh okay it's so cool though yeah yeah because it goes just right into the next song yeah you're like Wow, it's just such a great transition. Um, anything else about this song? Um, oh, that he like does like ch- uh, don't let people upsell you. They they make chocolate and vanilla, kind of saying like, just do what you want to do. There's something there for everyone. Like you don't have to like pick a like a thing, like a side, you know. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. At least that's what I took from it. And it's, um, he's like, always ask questions, always ask why. That's like the only thing that matters. And then, um, and that, you know, that goes back to what we were saying about him, you know, being, uh, 
being not afraid to, you know, ask questions, being skeptical of pretty much everything. Yeah, and don't sweat the small stuff. He another like mantra at the end of the the song. Oh yeah. Can't sweat it, don't sweat it. Just so, live your life. These little yeah, these like repeating things at the end of the songs. Do you think that has any significance is like is that like the message he's trying to give, like the most important part? I believe so because now thinking about it, he does it on the end of Call to Arms too. And, like, it shows up, like, two or three times, I guess. Hmm. I didn't really think about that until now. Oh. It must be, like, what you he wants to take away, exactly. No ship out on the water will pay your rent. That's an oh. interesting line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going back to the Navy stuff. Yeah, I think that's him himself right there being like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'll I'll go to the Navy. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, that's... It, it's sad, uh how that's how the military is often marketed to people where it's like if you don't know what you're doing with your life yeah. it seems appealing and they i think that they want people like that the people that you know would be okay with different things they don't really know where they're going um and he's skeptical of that and he went through it and we'll go back into we'll, we'll go yeah he touches on we'll, that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about this especially on call to arms but <laughs> yeah even the next song sea stories i think he briefly touches on his history there and then yeah the last thing i want to say about that song is like like the drums in the background and the electric guitar solo just are so good yeah it really is and i like how he just takes the time to like jam out for a bit and enjoy like the music rather than just being cut together songs with words and yeah yeah for me like when I when I first heard his newest album, that ha, not not the Cutting Grass, but before that, um, the uh, Sound and Fury, Sound and Fury, I was like, this is the direction he's going in. I was really surprised, and then going back to listening to this, it like totally makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you can. It even hints on one song uh, near the end of the album, where you're like, oh, this is where this like this is where he's gonna take it, like. It's kind of cool to see it that way. Yeah. And it's because, cause, yeah, exactly. And he is like jamming a lot more on, on the, in this album. And then going forward, obviously he does that. And Sound and Fury was like, a year, he wrote those songs, I think, like a year after this. Like, oh. he just took a long time to record it, I guess. But he said, yeah, he was sitting on all those songs for like two years. That's interesting. <laughs> so maybe it's kind of like, I want to do this, but, like, I also have this other great idea that he just couldn't wait to work on next. And then now the the good, the intro with the, the bell. Like yeah. The naval bell. It, it's or, so cool. It, it, like, just puts me in the, it immediately puts you in the, yes. in the, I don't know, the framework of what's happening. And, like, you're, like, you're on the, on the ship with him and he's talking to you. Yeah, it rips you right out of the electric guitar drums and stuff and just right into the to a new new fucking song. This one what is this one's like it's it's less like it has less production to it, doesn't it? Like it's it's got like it's it's not as like electric guitar type stuff. It's like more Yeah, it's more straight up like more focusing on the lyrics themselves. Yeah. Um, so what is it? What, what, lyrically wise, what, what, what do you have to say about this album? Uh, oh, I mean, this song, sorry. 
This one is kind of how he just talks about, like, his Navy experiences mostly. It's uh, It starts out with, like, just keep your mouth shut and you'll be fine. And he's just another egg in Uncle Sam's big bowl of, like, beater. His beaten yeah. eggs are just... Mixing it, yeah. Yeah, mixing that, that, them together. That's such, a, that's such good imagery right there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and then it, he has that great line. Like, you hear a voice in your head saying my life is no longer mine it's like definitely like oh they just like took everything away from me and now i can't be who i am yeah exactly and yeah so then it it, it keeps going into like his military experience and like he talks oh. he just talks about like all the different places he went to so yeah talks a lot about the ports that he went to i forget where exactly i think it was around korea i don't know no i i can't remember i think he does he say in this yeah he does he goes into like oh, tokyo yeah. it's almost like a uh i've been everywhere man type thing you know yeah. <laughs> he's like tokyo kawasaki all it seems like a lot of places in like south southeast asia um the... Yeah, he says something like, uh, it, well, it, something like it was fun at first, but then it like became a bad dream. Like, oh, they're, they're like gambling and having all like, these fun things, but he obviously got sick of it pretty quick. Yeah, seen every. I, I was looking at this, kind of interested to what he was getting at. Seen, seen damn near the whole wor damn world from inside of a bar. Uh, it, is is that referring like literally to like he saw everything through like a bar or is it more like i don't know is he is he just referring is the bar symbolizing just like the ship just like being on the outskirts of everything not really i don't know i think it's a little of both because if you kind of think of it a lot of the times you are seeing a lot of the world through a bar like you go to a bar for drinks maybe not anymore but before yeah. you you'd go to a bar and you'd see so many different people there and then different like how people interacted you go to a different state you go to a bar there drink a beer see what other people are doing i think he's kind of like using it as like um a way to like frame like i've been so many places and i'm always seeing them from in a bar a bar scene i guess yeah know. it's a cool it's a really good line like i like it a lot yeah you got the sea stories they're all true might seem a little bit far-fetched that's it's kind of an interesting line he's like because <laughs> he's like talking to his son but you know like the, this whole idea of like sea shanties sea stories like it's like spoken word stories you know and of course through history they're going to be you know changed and talked up and becoming more fantastical every time you tell him but he's like <laughs> they're all true yeah i don't, I don't classic know dad stories and <laughs> yeah it's funny um the, the next part is just so weird but so cool <laughs> oh yeah he's like sometimes sirens send a ship off course horizon horizon gets so hazy and it's like oh, okay this is like sort of classical folklore imagery and then he yeah. goes like Maybe get high, play a little golden eye on that old sixty four. Yeah, that's a that's a great line. And like, I don't know, did they have somehow as Nintendo sixty four on the ship, or is that just something from his childhood? And he was like, wanted to bring it in or something. Cause like, 
that is one of the most classic games of that like time period with like the 64 and i'm sure he was that's big for sailors maybe they would be like oh let's play that it must be yeah because like yeah i can't think of it what else it'd be from because it's kind of yeah out of left field and the cool thing about that is like when he says like play that old 64 you like or golden eye you like hear a little kid voice sort of really yeah talk over it it's huh? it's really weird like unless huh. i'm hearing that but like I think he has, like, another voice coming, and it's, like, a little higher pitch, and I'm like, oh, weird. <laughs> that is weird. Um, it's a little creative thing right there. Yeah. I mean, that's just this whole album, like, I would love to do, like, I'd love to, like, sit down with him and just, like, deconstruct all the different parts of it, because there's, it's impossible to talk about it all, because yeah. there's so many little parts that go into it. He really puts it all together, like, in a crazy way, a way you would think what each thing is and if you try to deconstruct it you're like oh wow there's a lot here yeah but it, it works yeah it, it's not overproduced like a lot of things are exactly which is it's really kind of cool actually you know like all the instruments and stuff like it almost seems like it's a live recording but obviously it's not um this last line is probably my favorite Oh, yeah, that one, it, it hints on what's to come, but very, very much a true statement right there. Yeah. That's what probably his biggest message that he learned from joining the Navy and realized. Yeah, but oh. flying high beats dying for lies in a politician's war is the last part of the song. Yeah, there's actually, I mean, we'll touch on that more with the call to arms, but um, one of the other songs that or lines I love is you'll spend your next year trying to score from a futon life raft on the floor. Like, I love how he compares, like, a futon to, like, a life raft, keeping, like, the the sailings theme. Yeah. Because uh, I guess he got kicked out of the Navy or got sick and can't... Because the lyric before, he's like, and if you get sick and can't manage the kick and get yourself kicked out of the Navy, I don't know if that was him getting kicked out or... I don't think... He did. I guess he left the Navy because he had trouble taking orders, which... Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that definitely plays into... <laughs> yeah, I could, I could totally see that. You know, he's very unapologetically himself, which is pretty cool. And you, you love to see it, self-aware people like that. And honestly, like, it's really cool as well because mo in a, most country music, especially, like, I mean, not as much today, but, like, looking back and like, the Bush era country music, like, there's so much, like, just, like, blatant propaganda and just racism, like, like, there's some, like, pretty, like, gung-ho, like, war songs that are, like, super racist against, like, Middle Eastern people, um, but, like, he, he seems like he knows what's actually going on and, like... Yeah, he doesn't paint it with a like generic brush he's just like yep uh i've been around and like no one else is saying this so i think i will yeah and i love that he does that definitely so uh going on with the theme of you know talking to his son i guess he's saying don't join don't the join <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like that's a common thing most people say once they come out like do yourself a favor don't join mm -hmm. and i guess he had to learn the hard way all right, and then uh, 
the next song, um, In Bloom, which is really cool. It's cool that he included this cover because it's, it's as, as I'm sure all of you know, it's a cover of uh, Nirvana's song In Bloom from 1991. And I'm like, when I first, I, I've always liked this cover. that he, I like that he did it because it just sounds really nice. Um, but I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, like, yeah, I, I would say this is the one song that like stands out among the rest because it's not his song and it like, I think it works though. It works. Like I really like it. I know some people are like, don't enjoy it. Cause I mean, they hold the original Nirvana song to such a high standard, but like, I think it works really well. And then like a lot of people are also mad. He like changed one of the lyrics Yeah, near the end. Well, he's, yeah, don't know what it means um, it, in the original part, when it, in the original song, it says, um, you know, he's the one who likes all our pretty songs, and he likes to sing along, and he likes to shoot his gun, but he don't know what it means, don't know what it means, and then it says, it, he doesn't, they don't say to love someone in the original song. Ah, um, so I, I think that's pretty significant change, like. Yeah, and if you just, just listen to that chorus, like. Those themes are themes of this album as well. And themes Oh, exactly. Yeah, but, he's kind of talking down to that like generic like Nashville country audience that might listen to him and be like, "You're not really hearing what I'm saying. Like you're singing my songs, but I don't think you really get what I'm trying to promote as an artist." Yeah. Exactly. And you know, Nirvana was kind of like they they became so popular, but at one point, you know, they definitely were sort of like an outsider band, you know, like trying to, they're not like, they're they're trying to be their artistically creative selves, but the industry is sort of trying to, you know, pigeonhole them into different, into like just being like a pop band, you know. Exactly. And I'm sure that's hard. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying, I try to think like how could his like son relate to this or what he's trying to tell his son maybe like um i don't know like people won't already always know like your true intentions and like some people will misconstrue what you're actually saying or something yeah it's like an interesting thing to put on for like his son it is yeah and the, the instrumentation here is really cool too like it starts up with just like a violin little violin interlude like pl- i think they're like plucking a violin or something like that and it's just really beautiful throughout this is like the most like cinematic song in the album i'd say oh yeah very it really builds up to like he's the one. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's so good um yeah that's pretty much all i have to say here i mean yeah, o- obviously we can't <laughs> dissect the lyrics too much it being a cover yeah but i mean yeah it's great very good addition yeah one thing more i'll say actually like just like in general not really looking at this specifically like covers are always something that i find most one of the most interesting things an artist can do because like it looks you can see like who their inspirations are you know maybe infer like why what what makes them what have they learned from these people what what makes them an inspiration to them and i think it's super interesting that he's a fan of nirvana and it really shows you know like he's 
he's like got a wide wide range of influences, not just country music. Exactly. And uh, uh, something kind of funny. Apparently, he's like a big fan of like Run the Jewels too. Oh yeah, I could see that. <laughs> just like super <laughs> random, like, but I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but. You know, it's cool. It's it's. I'll say that. It's yeah. Difficult. I'm glad he just like puts it all together. Like, you wouldn't think of well a country record with like a Nirvana song, but it's 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 like it works. And definitely. Um, the next song, uh, "Brace for Impact." Ooh. Uh, this one's good. It's probably my least favorite song in the album. Um. But I like it. So. Yeah, it kind of like. I, I would always say, like, this is kind of the one that really inspires um, the future sounds of Sound and Fury. Like, it kind of has more of that, like, rock-out sound. Um, he, like, has that jam, long jam sesh at the end of the song. Yeah, he does. Oh, and uh, another sound, during that jam sesh, he has, like, a sound that sounds like an ambulance, sort of, like a sirenish sound. It's hard to describe. It's one of those songs you just have to listen to, but... I guess this was the first single that he released off this album, which I find kind of interesting. Oh, was it? Yeah. That is an interesting one, because I feel like it is probably on the lower side of the total album. Yeah, maybe he did that on purpose, you know, like, I want, you know, I want people I, I he seems like the type of person that would you know want people to just listen to the whole album all the way through not really pick out songs um i don't know yeah the opening of this song though amazing one day you'll wake up and this life will be over like wow it just catches me at least right off the start and you're like oh now he's going into more of like a back to like a darker tone like um Kind of about like death and living, sort of in the yeah. all in the song. Yeah, impermanence, existential dread. It's just like kind of depressing, but just the way he like sings it, it's just so good. Yeah, we're living to or we're dying to live and living to die, no matter what you believe. Yeah, it's a it's a hard hidden one. Yeah. But definitely good for uh, an album to like talk to your kid and because like that's a huge topic that I guess everyone will have to go through eventually. Like, yeah, and like young. I'm not a parent and I probably won't be anytime soon if at all. But I imagine that's got to be, you know, a tough. It's definitely like a, probably a tough subject to think about as a parent. You know, like I won't always be there for you. You know. I'll, I'm going to slowly wither away, as he says. Yeah. My skin will wither before your eyes. Yeah, that's some <laughs> crazy imagery he's projected. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was young and, like, found out about death. And, like, that hit me pretty hard. So, like, I couldn't only imagine, like, like you're like, oh, I'm going to have to subject you to this life where there is death. And Yeah. It's interesting. But Sturgill's, he he puts it, like, right on the money, like, gotta enjoy your life, like, do what you can before the time comes. Oh, another reference uh, to religion where he's like, 
before you go to the great unknown in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Another like, uh, like man in the sky, great unknown in the sky. It's really interesting. Like. Yeah, I like how he references religion because, you know, it's it's more of like, just like the idea idea of religion in general and the interesting aspects of that. Rather than just doing, you know, like, biblical imagery and referencing scripture, which I find, like, super annoying. <laughs> yeah, he, like, kind of puts it in a more modern take, kind of how culture has progressed when it comes to religion, I feel like. Definitely. Like, most people aren't really as ingrained as they once were, and so he can, like, reference it, but it doesn't become the whole, like, like the whole meaning of what he's trying to say. Yeah. He talks about, um, you know, like the different ways that you can look at death, which, I mean, death is another interesting thing to sing about. Some beg for forgiveness some from some someone above, from, from something they did to someone they love. Some scream like a baby, some go out crying, some bid the world goodbye and welcome dying. Like, I mean, it, it's like, it, it like flows really nicely, but... At the same time, it's like, it's, it's, you know, death is such like, it's like, it is a part of life. I mean, it, it happens to everybody, but it is an interesting thing to touch on, you know, like all the different ways that pe- our relationship around it is. Yeah. And he really highlights like losing people and it's just like, well, that's, do you know if he, he, he probably lost, did you, do you think he, did he lose anybody like close to him? Uh, not that I know of, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know if his parents are alive. I don't really know much about his family. Yeah. But yeah, it it really seems like, you know, he's, he's referencing mortality in this way. Just to just tell a son, you know, like live every day. Like it's your last pretty much. You know? Yeah. Value it, value it because it won't be around for long. <laughs> yeah wither away <laughs> yeah which oh. at, you know at the at the base level it sounds depressing but in some way it is kind of comforting yeah and it's very much true so like it's the whole song like he touches on it very directly and it's it's a good thing to say but then the thing that is funny has how it this one's like the jam song like i feel a lot of influence of sound and fury later on from this song yeah like he'll just go he has like that guitar groove like uh it's hard to explain but even with like this one thing i said earlier about the like ambulance siren i wonder if that was like purposely because like dying and oh it must be you're right um I don't know, it's just a great song to get lost to, especially when you're, like, driving a car. I bet. <laughs> it just starts jamming This off. whole album is great car driving. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, during that summer, um, when the album came out in April, that whole summer, I'd, like, listen to it on my way to work, and I'd be like, ah, oh, this is so sweet. That's cool. Uh, do you know, has he said, have you heard many interviews of him about how he developed the sound of this album? Like... Because it's so unique and cool, like, because it doesn't really sound like anything else I've heard, really. Um, I, not for sure. I, like, listened to some albums, and I think he said, like, this is when he finally had the opportunity to do all he wanted. 
Like, I think in um, the previous record, uh, Turtles All the Way Down was just, like, a couple people in a room that did it. So it was a very stripped down. I think this one, he actually got the horns and stuff. And I believe he is a big, like, funk fan. And, oh, you like, can hear that. The 70s, like, groove songs and stuff. So I think he just wanted to pay homage with that. Yeah. And, like, it really just works with the overall sound. Um, I'm not for sure, but I might have heard somewhere he's, like, a big Miles Davis guy. I don't know. I can see it. Yeah, and um, you can hear a lot, a lot of, like, uh, jazz stuff. And, and the trumpet is very uh, yeah. prominent, so that would make sense. Um, I don't know if I have anything more to say about this one. Yeah, this one's kind of hard because it's mostly jamming out and pretty pretty on the nose with the death stuff. Yeah. I'm down to move to the next song. Okay, All Around You. This whole this album, these last three songs, it, like just they finish out so strong. All yeah. three of these are so good. Oh my gosh, so good. This one's a little bit more down-tempo. Yeah, I feel like this one, he kind of goes back into like that headspace sort of. like. Oh, yeah. You'll have these bad days and... They'll be unkind to you, but, like, you still got to find that love. And, like, he even says something, like, about, like, how you can, like, choose to, like, feel a certain way about things. Hmm. I don't remember the exact lyric. It's, like, oh, you can let go of the pain if you choose to. So sort of just, like, letting things happen? I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe change your frame of mind or something about that. Yeah, that's true. Cause he's like telling his kid, don't be afraid. Life is unkind, but like you can, you can like change your, uh, your view on life. If you let go of all the pain and focus on the stuff you love and are passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you were, you were saying that, you know, like he is really inspired by sort of like that funk soul sound. And like this song is so, you can totally hear that. Like, this song is like almost just like a soul song like yeah <laughs> like has that sax like going up and down through the yeah. whole thing and it, it, it's 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 like it would it does it in a really good way you know like oftentimes you know artists like like the 1975 <laughs> when they you know try uh try to do different genres you know it, it just seems like they're not re- they don't really know what they're doing they're just like well, this, sounds. this sounds kind of fun, you know, but he, you can tell he knows what he's doing and he's paying homage in a really like mature way, which is cool. Yeah. Another really unique part I like about this song is I don't know if you picked up this, but then he like does like there will be days and then it will play like a little like like bump, like a little just like a short little note. And like he does that on a couple lines and I don't know. I just like it <laughs> that a lot. Do you know what that instrument is? Oh, I have no idea. It's like, there will be days. Bum. And, then, <laughs> and then he says the next line. and then uh. That's cool. Yeah. And it's all like, it's it's all like live instruments. Like, apparently he even has organ on this song, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, then he goes back more into this sort of nautical imagery. There will be nights that go on forever like you're long lost at sea, never to be found. Just know in your heart that we're always together. And long after I'm gone, I'll still be around because our bond is eternal. And so is love. God is inside you, all around you, and up above. Wow, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty heavy right there. 
but that long lost in C um, is, you know, that, that, that can kind of give us an idea of what he's going for with his sword is. Yeah, I take it like you're in a bad, like, state of mind, like you're lost at sea, like you don't know what to do, but if you, like, know in your heart that there's, like, like, he'll be always be there, like, with you, but, like, mostly just, like, the love that he gave through his life. And, like, if you could hold on to that and realize it, you'll get past, like, the bad times if you're lost out on sea. And then he also goes on God again. So maybe he's, like, using God as, like, another form of love or something. Yeah. Like, not as much, like, directly God and religion, but, like, God as a, a guide to, like, love or something. Yeah. That's that. That's awesome. That That's kind of how I like to look at it, too. You know, like... Just thinking about God as sort of like a, like a force, like a almost like just like nature or just like yeah, it's a force within all of us, an unexplainable like aura that's all around you, as yeah, he says exactly. And that basically going back on that theme of like love is really what you need to focus on rather than getting stuck and lost at sea in these dark yeah head spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not like, you know, how you generally hear about religion in country music is like, Jesus is my best friend, like he tells yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's not really about the meaning at all. It's just about the iconography, I guess. Yeah, exactly. those kind of songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but this is, it's cool. Yeah, this song has that really great like sax solo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that thing, and it builds up so hard, and like, builds up to that, um, builds up so much, and then goes back to the one line like time slips away. Oh, it just goes so hard during that part of the song. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, wow, this thing's just grooving out, and like, it feels so big. It's like such a cinematic album. Yeah, God, yeah. It's this is this is probably my favorite. This is probably my second favorite. Call to Arms is definitely my favorite. Oh, yeah. You can't beat Call to Arms. <laughs> so I guess we can move on, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, this... I mean, I probably told you this many times, but this one's one of my favorite Sturgill songs. Uh, not just because it's great in this song, but like I also listened to it a lot with Sunday Valley. It was originally recorded, I think, back in like 2010 on one of those albums. I forget which one, but like... Like he could throw that version in the trash because like I think this one is way better. <laughs> I mean, That's I cool. like the original one, but like the sound for this one's really good, and even like the cutting grass is a very good. Oh version. yeah, it is. But yeah. like we can talk about cutting grass later. Yeah, but like with this song, I found out it was gonna be on the album. Oh, I was so excited, and I think this was one of my like top songs for like two years in a row on wow. like, Spotify. Because <laughs> like it'd be like at the top of my playlist, and I'd it's, play it. It's so, so many beautiful, times. yeah. Yeah, and it's another interesting one to put on for like a thing to his son because it's an it's a song that he previously recorded. And it's kind of like at the beginning of his career before he even like was a solo artist, I feel. And it's like focused on like the connection between him and his wife or like him and the mom of the son. Yeah. So like it's interesting that he like put it on this record, but like I'm so glad he did. It's it's a great 
it really paints his relationship with his life wife in a really you know real way and really like really like just like I don't know it's just awesome it's so beautiful and it's like it really seems like his wife sort of like you know like the sort of a grounding force for him like yeah <laughs> exactly like he's like and she's struggling to understand him as like a person and he like won't let her into his like deeper thoughts Mm-hmm. But then he, like, finds that music will, like, allow him to express himself as a person. And then, like, she's like, yeah, you, like, you can do that. Like, and then, um, yeah, just going off on tour and stuff, mm-hmm. trying to make it as an artist. Because he was old by, like, industry standards to go off and make music. I yeah. think he was, like, around 38 or I'm yeah. not sure. Because he's, like, early 40s now, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he needs to go find his musical purpose, and yeah. And I I heard somewhere that the reason one of the reasons for including the song again was sort of to sort of do like sort of like a reaffirming, you know, his love. Oh yeah. For her, like, and it that's interesting how it has a new significance re-releasing it, not just because it's a good song, but it actually has a purpose. Yeah, he showed he's stayed true to like his values and like. That they're still working together. Um, another good, uh, another thing that is interesting to bring up, he says when he slides a lot, like yeah, I don't know what class, that is. I think he mentioned somewhere he had like a drug issue, like a drug habit issue, and so I'm thinking maybe like he gets in rough spots and he, like he like slides, I guess. Oh yeah. Like that's when I slide. Like he he's had. He's had some troubles. Yeah, because he says something like when my cloud gets starts getting close to the edge or something. So I don't know if that's like a hint towards that. I yeah. assume so. And like then he's using her as like to guide him back. Yeah. Through the storms of like the sailing boat. <laughs> yeah, so it works again with the yeah. imagery, yeah. Um, what else did I think of this one? Um Yeah, most yeah. I guess we said most of it. Like, her love keeps him grounded, and he's going off to find his way and like, um, be the man who he wants to become. And then another great line is like, uh, "But goddamn, sometimes crazy is how I feel." Like, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Like I can just imagine. Like he says, his brain's swirling. Like he must have like all these ideas and like stuff he wants to do, but he feels stuck because like he worked at the railroad. I'm sure that's not a very great job yeah. to be at. You worked at the railroad? Yeah, he was oh. like a conductor or something. Huh. And he's like, it paid good, but it's, I didn't like it. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you always hear it that in with really creative people, you know, oftentimes they, their their brains are firing so, so fast in so many directions that they oftentimes have a lot of, you know, problems and sometimes society deems them as crazy but yeah but he just had to let it out yeah and then i believe i believe one lyric on this song goes back to talking about like dreams and like how life is a dream oh so it goes back into what he was talking about earlier yeah i can't remember where it says that exactly Hmm. Uh, um we can look Oh, sometimes this life feels like a big old dream. Yeah, so like even in an old song, he like was talking about how life is a dream to him. So it's very interesting like to think about. Like he just yeah. feels like he's floating around. Yeah. 
Yeah, Dude. I don't know. I just the music, the music, like music of this, it like flows in and like he goes like hard, like when he's like, um, but goddamn, sometimes crazy is how I feel. Like I don't know. This song just I really love how it, it like goes. Yeah, I mean we talked a lot about you know the different instruments and how they sound and what they mean, you know, thematically wise. But we haven't really talked too much about his vocal performance, which is pretty unique and really good. And like he he really conveys these emotions really well with his voice. Yeah, he really has like the meaning behind it and like the passion behind his words. And you just like really relate to him, at least I do. Mm -hmm. And he has like that Kentucky draw in some parts. Like you can kind of hear that like yeah thing like the end of his voice is just like i don't know yeah that's does he have a thick accent uh like kinda it's it's there but like i don't think it's like bad Mm -hmm. i just haven't heard him talk before so yeah yeah i've like listened to him on like podcasts and stuff and it's definitely there's definitely an accent which is really funny because in like sea stories he's listing off all those like uh sea ports with those like crazy names that like you wouldn't think he would be saying yeah i don't even know how to <laughs> yeah pronounce them yeah <laughs> but yeah it's cool and then gotta go to the biggest and hard-hitting song on the whole record yeah it goes out with a bang for sure yeah so on my blog uh i don't know if you guys are listening to this through my blog because that's sort of where i made this podcast but um i did an i did a little mix on there of my favorite political songs or like protest or political songs. Uh, but I'm like, oh my God, I should have put this on there. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, it wasn't on there? <laughs> it wasn't on there, but oh. it, it totally needed to be. Man, this thing just like starts out so great. The first like 30 seconds is just like a so, sort of like a sort of sirenish to like for the call, I guess. And you hear some seagulls, I believe, in this yeah intro mm-hmm. and so it's like a good 30 seconds and then it just goes it just booms he like goes into the lyrics and just fires on all cylinders oh you can i think he's like angry here. yeah like he sounds angry but like just really fired up yeah um so it kind of seems like i mean like he didn't himself as sturgill simpson you know he didn't uh actually you know fight in syria afghanistan all of those but i think that he's like pulling on his experiences to sort of create this character that's just like, you know, just a soldier. Like, as the military dehumanizes people, you know, just the universal soldier, as it has been said previously. Um, But it's interesting how he talks about it. And, yeah, just... Yeah, kind of commenting how we're, like, in these endless wars and, like, how many people have to die for whatever this is going on, like yeah i love i love it too because like usually you don't get the perspective of you know people that have served in the military within protest songs you know usually it's counterculture movement whatever um but it's interesting that pulling on his own experiences he's able to talk about this and he even talks about uh you know, to control, uh, when they send their sons and daughters off to die for some oil to control the heroin. Yeah, those stories about, like, 
guarding poppy fields and yeah. stuff. Like, that's insane. It's, like, totally true, but it's... it's like, <laughs> that's what they're doing over there? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. And he's like, yeah, I'm calling to arms. Like, everyone needs to know this shit. Yeah. Um, just, like, calling out the hypocrisy and, like, bullshit of, like, that, like, part of our society that's just, like... Yeah, we gotta do this, like... Yeah. For no reason, like... It's interesting. And you can just, like, hear the anger in his voice, like... Yeah. Uh, and he goes back to, you know, telling his son not to join the Navy. Uh, well, son, I hope you don't grow up believing that you gotta be a puppet to be a man. <laughs> yeah, and... Yeah, so many people think, oh, you're in the Army or the military, you're a tough guy, you're a real man, but it's like... That's just not true. It's it's it, something they want you to think, but it's like you're really just becoming somebody else's like plaything. Yeah, it is interesting because you know, you also the same people that say that are also the people that, you know, don't want to be like emasculated or whatever where they don't want to take they don't they want they want to be the guy in charge and stuff and it's like all right, look at the military. You're literally like you don't as he says, you don't have an you're stripped of your identity. You're just a number. You just do what you're told. Yeah. Um, and then telling you to go make your or meet your maker overseas. Just you're nobody, and then you're gonna go die. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just gonna have to charge in as not even like a real person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he has those more like funny comedic lyrics, like the Kim uh, Jong Il hat, because like military hats kind of. Yeah. <laughs> we have that look to yeah, them. Yeah, they do, actually. <laughs> uh, grandma's selling pills. <laughs> I don't know what the grandma's selling pills is. Uh, I don't know. It's a funny lyric, though, for sure. Yeah, and meanwhile, I'm wearing my can't, can't pay my fucking bills hat. <laughs> yeah, referencing earlier how don't, <laughs> don't go to pay your rent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's it's crazy, you know, like. You, you you do not get paid enough to survive, yet you're throwing your life away. You're probably going to die for this country. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Oh, and then this verse, uh, this was one of my favorite verse. Just like nobody's, uh, like, nobody's looking to care about a drone. We're all too busy looking down at our phone. Ego's betting for, or begging for food like a dog from a feed, refreshing obsessively, obsessively until our eyes start to bleed. Like, serve up distractions and we eat them with fry, fries until the bombs fall out of our fucking skies. It's like, ins- Jesus. It's so, like, it's true. So good, and, yeah. like, he hits it from every angle. Like, yeah, like, we make a big deal about caring about drones, but in all reality, we're just, like, looking down on our phone and, like, talks about the ego, which is he touches on in uh, previous records and stuff. And, like, we're just trying to distract ourselves until, like, our eyes are bleeding and, like, distracting ourselves from what really matters exactly yeah (laughs) it's it's so true yeah and it it just like hits so hard yeah adds fucking at the end fucking skies yeah it's a serious thing yeah it's i mean like it's insane how people like don't know or don't care that like literally the u.s military has drone bombed and killed thousands of civilians in the past like 20 years like and it's continuing on today, you know, uh, just today, Biden uh, started drone bombing Somalia. And just like, oh, OK, of course, he's continuing on with all this shit. Oh, wow. See, like, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. And it's like, what? We have these things in our hands that should, like, tell us this. But yeah, 
It's not easy access um, all the time. Yeah, in the outro and <laughs> and end of the song. Oh, I love it. <laughs> turn off the TV, turn off the news. It's all bullshit, like fucking Hollywood telling me how to be. It's like bullshit's got to go. Like he's just fucking tired of that shit. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's just, and for it to come out at like 2016, it like, we're like still dealing with that problem now. And like, it was so like, I don't know. Like it, the whole thing started like post 2015, I feel like where it got huge. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like social media, TV, all that stuff. And he's just like, turn it off. And like, <laughs> like, what can you do? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting closer. Like I, lo- I love it. It's it's so true, and I'm. It's cool to hear this perspective, but I, I feel like it doesn't really help the issue, <laughs> it, or it doesn't really go with the theme of the album. That no, way. yeah, like if it's supposed to be to his son, is he just? I don't know, cause like I don't know how his son could relate to this. Like even, I don't know. Yeah, he probably just wanted to put this song out there. Yeah, because it is kind of, on the end, it's like he's calling, call to arms. Like, he wants everybody to be mad and, like, revolt because, like, it's got to it's gotta be done. It's probably, and it's at the end of the album for a reason, you know. It probably, he probably didn't feel like it would flow as, you know, in the middle of the album. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, and... Yeah, the only thing that relates with The Sun is just, like... Don't join the military, and maybe he's just trying to teach his son all. Like, there's like bullshit everywhere, and like you just gotta. Yeah, pay this attention. is this is one of his sea stories that he's telling, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a tradition a lot of times of having like a lengthy, sort of ranty album closer, and uh, a lot of different artists, and I think that's cool. So I don't think it's too you know out there, but. No, and one of the best parts is when he performed this song on SNL live, <laughs> just to hear him be like, call out the heroin poppy fields and stuff, and it's just like, oh. I don't think I heard that performance. <laughs> oh, it's a great performance. I even like showed my dad, and he loved it. It's just like, just crazy that like he's calling out all this stuff on live TV, and like I feel like the audience just isn't really listening. No, yeah, exactly, you know. And even if they do, they're probably like, huh? <laughs> yeah, almost as if you know, maybe even in Bloom would work there for that too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he he rocks out for sure on that. So he, he that must mean that you know, like if he chose to perform that song there, he's like, this is important. This is an important message I need to get out there. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, this whole album just it's crazy good and like, like. I was such a fan, like, when it came out, but, like, sort of fanboy fan. Like, I didn't think it would ever get to, like, nominated for a Grammy and fucking win. <laughs> it won a Grammy? For Best Country Album of the Year. That's insane. And it's not even, like, a country album. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That's... No, yeah, that's, like, all this stuff came out. Like, he made sure it's called Who the Fuck is Sturgill Simpson. Because, what? like, people didn't know who he was. Oh, yeah. And, like, he was, he was up there with, like, Best Album of the Year, I think, like, Adele was up there, and, like, yeah. other people. And They're like, who like, is this guy? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, wow, like, this is sweet. And, like... Because, yeah, like, the indie community knows about him, but, like, Grammys are historically, you know, not in touch, so it's cool that they actually made, like, a, a good choice for once. Yeah, I can't believe he won. 
Even though he had to, like, accept it off-screen. Like, there's some, like, off-screen um, thing that wasn't aired. And he's like, the revolution will not be televised. He said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, it's cool that he knows Gil Scott Heron. Yeah. Um, I guess that pretty much ties up uh, the last song on the album. Um, just an overview. We could do a little, little bit of, like, a closing conclusion on the album it, itself. Um what do you have to say just like telling people that may have not heard this album before or may have not heard much Sturgill Simpson before? Um, I would tell them to like, like have like an open mind, get like a good time to like sit down and listen to this baby and just like listen to it start from finish. Maybe like have a drink with you when you're doing it or something. Like it's just such a good album and it goes through so many sounds and like, the themes are all good, and, like, his voice is great. Like, I feel like it's an album, like, everyone should probably listen to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I definitely feel like it's up there in, like, the past decade of, like, 2010s, or at least back half of that uh, decade. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's one of those artists where you might not like all his sounds, but he's so diversified now, like, you might be able to find stuff you like out of it. Yeah. That's that's so true. Yeah, I'd say, you know, if if you're going to be writing off this album as just another country album, you shouldn't uh for many reasons, but just listen to it. Uh it, if you if people are getting into Sturgill, would you say this is a good intro or should they go to a different album first? Um I would say it if you don't like country, this is probably the good one to start at cuz as a fan, I evolved with his sound. So, like, I was mainly just, like, a country person. And then, like, through the evolution of his sound, like, I expanded and, like, what I listened to, too. So I feel like that'd be a good way. But for, like, the basic fan, if they didn't know anything about him, I would say it's a great album to start with. That's good to hear. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, I guess we can move on a little bit to just, like, post sailor's guide what has he been up to yeah post sailor's guide um it took a while it was a a good like three years um like i said earlier he like had songs written down and like ready to go but for whatever reason i i think he fell back into a lot of like um drug habits again i think he mentioned on something and like he was like in a bad space probably because he was so got so blown up from the fame and stuff. So I think he took a year, couple years to actually put the record together. But then Sound and Fury, everyone was super hyped for that. But that was another diversive one. He takes another uh, another step towards different sound. He goes more to a, like full out like rock and like yeah since are in that it, album. It's it's so cool. Yeah. It, it, it's um I'd say it almost sounds like. So, some aspects of it sound sort of like Pink Floydy. Yeah, exactly. It's super like Pink Floyd, and he even released that movie with it on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. There's. I think they're even doing like a graphic novel for it. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's an anime movie partner to it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and like, as a Sturgill fan, like I I love like Sound and Fury. Like I don't get the people that are like, oh, you're country. You have to stay in this box because it's like. He's the kind of guy that's like, he just wants to do what he wants to do. He's like an artist. Like, 
Oh, that actually, that, that thought brings me back to something I wanted to ask you about called the arms, but it kind of is just about Sturgill in general. Uh, do you, have you heard anything about fans of his that came from the country sphere and have not liked some of his political things he said or some of other things he's done? Yeah, I've heard things like, I think he even shared stuff on like Instagram of people like, saying like oh just like stick to country or don't get political but it's like like that's you gotta just let the guy be him like this is who he is like why are you trying to put him in like a box yeah it's like what you should like about him is that he's an artist and he does his own thing yeah because without that he'd just be like what they're pushing on nashville right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's just not very good and no substance so it's it's kind of weird how like fan that fans will do that and they'll like act like he owes them something. Like, yeah, it's weird. But he very clearly doesn't <laughs> doesn't uh, recognize. That. Uh, and then and then a really cool direction that I've that he's done this past year is the Cut and Grass series. Oh yeah, gotta love that. <laughs> so uh, he, I don't really know. You, you probably know better than I do about how it came to be. But it, what it is, is that it's like a, basically a two-part um, bluegrass uh, album, albums that are like, he recorded, re-recorded a lot of his catalog, some from Sturgill and some from, uh, what is the other? Uh, Sunday Valley. Sunday Valley, uh, with like a world-renowned bluegrass band, like Stuart Duncan's yeah. in it. Um, but like, do you, you, do you know how it came to be? Uh, I believe he... Uh... Um, he promised this earlier, I said he like a five album structure, but then, um, during like COVID and stuff, he's like, oh, I'm going to break that and I'm going to make a bluegrass record. And cause he has a lot of history of bluegrass. I believe his grandpa or his dad was really into bluegrass and he, he grew up listening to a lot of those records and he's like, well, m- I might as well like make my own uh record in that uh style Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of a coming home sort of it's like it's not as straight country as high top mountain but like it does take him back sort of to his original sound and as like a fan like i like hearing that again and like i i'm a big fan of bluegrass too so like to hear like all the fiddle and all the strings on that is just so good and like the mandolin on them and his it's just like i'm so happy like like even though they're not like brand new songs i believe only like one song was brand new mm-hmm. which was that merle haggard written song oh yeah hobo song yeah which i i love a lot because i was a huge merle fan when he was uh well i guess i didn't really know like i only got to catch him at the end of his years obviously because i'm young but uh yeah like the bluegrass sound um he just wanted to pay tribute to those kind of albums and those are like really good and he takes these songs like takes songs from his whole discography reinvents them and like they a lot of them hold up to the originals and like usually i'm not a fan of artists that would kind of retread their songs too much but like his are his are great I I, obviously, I bought them as soon as they were available for on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I now I see. I guess we have all of the Sturgill vinyls here, except for 
uh, High Top Mountain. Oh, yeah. I need to get that one. Um, but yeah, I, I guess uh, going last thing we'll say before we conclude, um, on this cut and grass, uh, he probably revisits some of these songs that we just talked about on Sailor's Guide. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I see Call to Arms, Sea Stories, Welcome to Earth. Yep. How would I mean? I'm sure you would probably say like Breakers Roars on Volume One. Oh, I. It's a funny thing to do. Uh, you can add all the songs into a playlist on Spotify or whatever, and like line them up as uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth, but like Sailor's Guide to Grass, <laughs> except for in Bloom, obviously. Oh but, yeah. Like it's it like they held up. They hold up very well, and like. Breakers Roar, uh, the rendition of that just is instead of being that slow, like soothing thing, it's more like energetic. And oh. that was one of my favorite ones on the bluegrass uh, records. That's cool. I, you know, I always like that either with covers or with, you know, going back to your own songs. Uh, Bob Dylan does this a lot too, where, yes. where you know, you're like, I'm not, I'm going to play the song that you like, but I'm going to do it in a completely new and cool way, which is awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminds me of. It's got like, like how Dylan's like bootlegs and other ways he sings his songs. It's, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that he did that, and it's just great for fans to see. Cause I know we wanted to go see that concert and got canceled from COVID for uh, Sound of Fury. And yeah, it's nice that he was able to produce some more some more cuts of his songs. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, one one final thing that I would like to bring out uh, before we're done. Um, that I would like to do on each episode from going forward. Uh, for people at home listening uh, that like Sturgill, uh, what other bands would th- do you like that are similar that you would maybe want to tell them about? Ooh, similar to Sturgill? Um, he's pretty, like, his own thing, but I would say, like, obviously um, he produced um, uh, Tyler Childers' first album. He's kind of, like, his prodigy, I'd say. Um, I really like, uh, um, Coulter Wall. He's sort of more like Canadian Saskatchewan type sound, but like he's up there and like, I mix them. Yeah. I like uh, Coulter Wall. I'd say Jason Isbell is kind of in that with yeah. him. His, his is a little different, but like kind of in, I'd put him in that same group. Uh, if I were to have a playlist, um, yeah. Do you think of any... Who is that one guy that you really liked um, that was like, what's his name? He is like, gosh, I can't even remember. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really too as as in tune to like the alt, uh, alt country sound. So um, I'm sure Nick has better. Uh, Nick knows more than I do. I guess Margot Price. Oh, yeah, she she's great. Uh, she He produced uh, Margot Price. Yeah, her most recent one, right? Yeah. Um, and you can definitely hear his influences on that. Yeah, it, yeah, he's got some sound and fury stuff going on there. Um, who else? That's pretty much it that I'd say. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good country out there. You just gotta find it. All right. Well, thanks guys for tuning in to this episode. Uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth, Sturgill Simpson. Uh, next week we'll be back with another album. I'm not sure, quite sure which one yet, but we will see you soon. Thanks. Bye.